Welcome to the School of Brujas podcast, a podcast for learning, self-development, self-care, spirituality, and wellness. I'm Danny, And I'm Maria. And today we're going to be talking about lessons that we are still learning during this time of social distancing and isolation. So Daniela, would you like to share what is number one on your list? Yes. Um, so I basically have a few lessons I've learned and I would say one of the biggest ones is, is kind of a lesson mixed in with almost just like the most best timing that I could have ever imagined, which is that I learned that it's much better for my son to be surrounded by my family, which I already knew, but we moved to California last year and we were there for about a year And we were basically isolated from all of our family. So I knew nobody out there. And on Valentine's Day, our house finally closed. We sold it. And then about two weeks after that, we drove across the country to North Carolina, right before all of the coronavirus stuff really got into full swing. And it's been kind of a miracle because my son's been just so much happier. And before we kind of had a lot of conflicts or there would, there would always be like frustration and I just kind of wanted to run away all the time. But now it's so much different because if we have some kind of conflict, um, there's more space and more people for him to go reach out to. So it's not like this bubble that we're in where there's nobody to talk to. So everything kind of just gets resolved a lot quicker. So it's just been so much better to be around family. So that's one of the biggest lessons I've learned is that there's nothing like being around family, especially when you have kids, when people can help you. And I feel really bad <laughs> right now for all the people who are basically, um, you know, don't, they don't have help and they might have two or more kids and it's just the two parents. It's probably a lot more challenging because I have my sister and my two parents. So that's been a huge game changer. Um, my second lesson I've learned is that my relationships with my parents and my sister have dramatically improved, which is something I never would have seen coming. And I think all of this is happening because we sense how important it is to leave like little petty annoyances and conflicts behind. Um, I've never really had a warm and fuzzy relationship with my parents and they never really told me that they loved me growing up or they, they also never really hugged me or anything like that. And my relationship Aww. with my sister was pretty much, yeah, it was pretty much the same with my sister. We grew apart to the point where we hadn't spoken in years. I was really angry at her and I never thought we would ever speak again. And when I was driving from California to North Carolina, the biggest anxiety I was feeling was thinking about how it would be awkward when I got there because, you know, we don't even talk to each other. And it was awkward, actually, at first. For, like, the first few weeks, we just would pass by each other and, like, barely talk to each other. And then one day, I just decided I would ask her if she wanted to watch a movie with us. And that, like, was an icebreaker. And every day since then, it's been getting progressively better and better because at first she would just never leave her room and now she comes home and she kind of sits with us in the living room and we'll spend more time together so it's just that's a very powerful lesson to 
to, I guess, I don't know how I learned that lesson, but I guess I took it as like a day by day thing. So instead of expecting anything, which I didn't, I just let stuff happen. And that was really eye opening because each day we do more and more things together. And I think the future is actually looking way better than I ever could have imagined. Um, the third lesson I would say, let's see. Um, I guess this one's kind of not, oh, did you want to say something? (laughs) What I was going to say, I wanted to add in terms of how is it that our priorities around family have like really came up to like the top of the list. And in mind, if you allow me to share the first one is also to stay connected. You know, I've been here uh, living by myself for in the U.S. for almost 30 years. And that created, of course, a lot of distancing, physical distancing from my family, which in my case, it's the opposite of your experience. I grew up with a lot of kisses, a lot of hugs, a lot of physical affection. And I was mm-hmm. the only girl in my in, in my house. You know, I have two brothers. So my dad really was very, very loving to me, my mom the same way. So the physical touch is something that I definitely um, miss and I get the most I can when I'm home. It's like I go home and I spend time with dad and mom. I don't even go anywhere because I want to be with my parents. And mm-hmm. it's one of the things that really brings up into our awareness is that the importance of family. I no longer have the excuse that I am too busy chasing after this thing or the next one. and this mm-hmm. time really gave me the opportunity to reach out to friends and have deeper conversations with my dad, with my mom, with my brothers. And I do believe that this virus was man-made. But whoever you know thought this true didn't consider the fact that we are going to be stronger mm-hmm. together because we have the time to be under the same roof with the people we love. And these are difficult times. So what do we do as humanity? We stand together. And that is such a blessing. We are no longer Mm -hmm. contemplating what is going to be our next move and how we're going to make more money or or how to go up the ladder into these social um, spheres that we have around us. No, really, it's really bringing into perspective what is important, what is important for all of us. And it's really, there's nothing more precious than hugging my parents, being with my brothers, Mm -hmm. you know, being at home with the family that I love. And I don't have that opportunity right now, but I do have the opportunity to sit down in prayer every day with my mom and my aunt. And I'm very thankful that I do that because it's a moment that we all get to talk first about the things going on in our part of the world. And then we really release all the fears, all of that craziness in our minds when we pray. So it's such a blessing that we have the opportunity to come together even stronger. And whatever the dark forces that are out there trying to crush us and stop us and, you know, kill our spirit because they're really disseminating so much fear in the social media, in the news and everything around us, it's the opposite. I had the experience of sharing a conversation, a brief conversation with the uh, lady at the supermarket. She was checking me out and I I thank her for her service. And she was telling me, yes, you know, we're going to come out of this and we're going to come out of this stronger. You know, I never had so much time to play 
games with my kids and we're having a good time. So I was telling her, you know, the That's news great. and uh, the news and social media should talk about more about the good things that come up with mm-hmm. all of this time of isolation. And there is so much good and there's so many blessings that, and this is why I also told you, let's not start with all the craziness that COVID is bringing into our lives, but the lessons, the things that we get to share so we can uplift our spirits and come together stronger. So that's my lesson as well. Yeah. Yeah. Family is very important. And I always do a prayer for the people who don't have family right now, that they somehow find meaning in something else that's really special to them because not everybody has family and that does make me kind of depressed. But the fact that we ourselves have family, I think is really important because our, um, yeah, our blessings can influence other people as well, just because, you know, we're carrying a lot of love energy in our hearts and we can spread that around in our way, however we do that. So that's also pretty important. Yeah, that really brought me into um, my second one. Uh, which is Mm -hmm. that I learned to count my blessings, all of the things that we took for granted because, you know, we are just going through life like zombies, you know, you get up, you go to work, you come home, you eat dinner, you watch TV and you sleep and the next day you do it all over. Now it's like, how do you reinvent your day every day, every time so that it doesn't become repetitive, a routine, and then you get bored out of your mind in isolation. So I really... When I watch the news, the one thing that really comes to mind every time is that I am blessed. I am blessed that I have yes. the opportunity to get up in the morning. I get the chance to kiss my fiance and play with the dogs. That's another day of abundance. In my life, in my book, that is a day of blessings. Uh, we have shelter, we have food, we have love. I mean, we have it all. That, that's it. That sums it all. We have time in our hands mm-hmm. to do the things that we're postponing for so long because, you know, the excuse was, well, I don't have time. I'm busy with this project or the next thing or whatever it is that we were having going or had going on in our lives. Now we have the gift of time and that's precious. You know, we have time to stay home with our families, with our pets, time to create, time to sleep time to laugh, time to cry, and really tend to our emotions. Um, That is really a blessing. In my yoga practice, you know, with my my students, I always hear people say like, well, I don't have the time to deal with the morning of my mother passing or my father passing or whatever it is that, you know, was going on because they had to get up the next day and go back into the world of survival, work and provide Mm -hmm. for themselves. So really tending into their grief, tending into their pain was not an option. And we were Mm -hmm. carrying that pain in our physical bodies, just going from one day to the next, one day to the next, like zombies, because we didn't have the opportunity to sit there and contemplate those feelings and let them express themselves. Crying is not as bad as people may want to make a look. It's really a way for you to release what is trapped in your body. And I'm not saying everybody go out there and just cry. But for people that bury those feelings into their body, I often recommend it to watch a very sad movie. So they have an excuse. They don't have to justify themselves. They can just play the Lion King and cry their eyes out, you know, cry and let it all out. 
It's just a way to say to themselves that they are releasing all that pain and all the suffering that they carry. Mm-hmm. And they carry for many years, you know, and as a massage therapist, sometimes you get to feel that pain when you touch somebody's body. It's crazy. But yeah, all of that really comes back to count your blessings. So I think that brings us into lesson number three, Daniela. Yeah, which actually is perfect because the next one is about blessings. Um, And there's something I've learned, which is that things are so unexpected. You can never really anticipate surprises before they happen. And one of the surprises about this coronavirus is the fact that um, in society, I never would have expected that so many women would be giving birth at home. And the only reason that's happening is because of the quarantine, which is such a beautiful blessing. And it took me by surprise. And obviously I'm not pregnant or anything. So I wouldn't have been thinking about um, babies at the time. And then I saw a news story about how women are just giving birth at home. And that is so beautiful to me. And it's, it is such a powerful lesson because you never know like the surprises that are going to come out of things that are so terrible. And women right now giving birth in their homes, I feel is going to be such a blessing for them because they're going to be able to bond with their baby in such a way that they would never be able to if they gave birth in a hospital, which I can 100% testify that giving birth in a hospital is very traumatic. And so, I am so, so, so grateful that this like surprise has come out of the quarantine because <clears throat> I feel like that gives me a lot of hope for the future. Women are rediscovering how much power they truly have by being able to give birth without medical intervention and drugs. And that's so beautiful to me. So that's been a huge eye opener. And I wonder how many other things are going to surprise me about being in quarantine, things that I would have just never like thought about or come across my mind because it's not something I'm personally experiencing, but that does like fill up my heart with a lot of joy, which is, I know sounds kind of weird, but it's, it's very much a huge blessing for the women who are able to give birth right now in their house. I hope that every woman hearing this and hearing about the labor at home agree with you (laughs) I don't know I never I don't have children I have dogs Mm -hmm. so I really don't have an experience but if they're able to do it at home in a safe way in a safe manner of course it's going to be a blessing so that's a really cool thing that they get to bond and do everything else with the baby from day one so that's pretty cool I'll share next my uh, lesson number three uh, that is Mm -hmm. my relationship with food and I have to tell you that ever since everything, you know, forced us, that COVID forced us to slow down, I no longer eat food without blessing it. You know, I bless my food. I thank the universe for providing for me and for my loved ones. I thank the people that were involved in bringing the food into my plates. I thank the earth. I thank for transportation. I thank divine providence for having the blessings of having food, shelter every day of my life. I cook more often, you know, now that we're home, we're cooking more often. I have my two brothers 
we created this chat group and we have a lot of contests going on so that we post what we're cooking each day and who did the best thing and just a way to really lift our spirits, you know, and we're trying to stay connected. So that's funny and it's kind of like something that we're doing now and something that's really helping us to stay together and talk more often as well. I'm eating more veggies and grains. I have time to mm-hmm. cook for my dogs, which takes, you know, a lot of time because they have different diets, but either way, I'm, you know, tending to their needs. So that's wonderful. And most importantly, we're eating less and more consciously because we're aware that not everybody has the uh, blessing of food on their tables every day yeah so i you know i make an effort to like you know i really never was a snacker i don't believe in snacks i don't i eat fruit love to eat fruit so um we eat less we stop eating around 5 30 typically because now we're home so that we can say like oh well i have to wait until john gets home so that we can uh, have dinner together and that sometimes could be eight o'clock at night and that's pretty late now we're mm-hmm. eating dinner. You know, I force him. I pull him off from his desk at uh, at home, right? I, I pull him from that space and I say, like, I don't care what you have going on. We're going to sit down and eat. And then you can go back if you have another conference call. But at least you have food on your belly and we can share the time together. So definitely our relationship with food has changed for the better. Yeah. Food is... Food is good. Being able to make food with your own hands and not relying on, you know, fast foods or restaurant foods is probably the most important life skill of all time. So that's probably a really good lesson. A lot of people are starting to learn now, I hope anyway. Um, But yeah, that's good. That's really good. Um, My fourth lesson is kind of funny because I've, I've already, you know, I'm already used to living with a lot less, but this has pushed me to live with even a lot less than I already have. And it's made me realize how easy it is for me to be a quarantinable kind of person, which is somebody who doesn't even leave the house that much to begin with. And the reason I've learned to live with a lot less is because we moved from California to North Carolina and only, um, you know, packed for a week's worth while we were on the road because we drove all the way here. So I only have a small duffel bag with me with my clothes and all the rest of our stuff is in storage. So I literally have none of my stuff with me, just like the most basic things. And I, you know, I'm obviously not driving anywhere or going anywhere. And I realized that it's actually not that hard for me. So I'm not going stir crazy or losing my mind like a lot of other people who can't leave their house because my personality is pretty introverted already. So I'm not concerned that I'm missing out on anything. And it's been really nice. I have a backyard. Well, my parents have a backyard (laughs) and they have grass and I can just walk outside whenever I want and get some sun, which I'm also really lucky that we're in North Carolina because it's generally pretty nice weather, although it's been raining since last night. But It's generally really nice outside and it's getting pretty hot. And yeah, the biggest thing is learning that I'm very good with everything just where I am with all the the small amount of things that I have. I don't really need much in order to be a happy person. So, you know, I would have never known that before all of this, but here, here I am and I've, I'm good. 
Well, that sounds wonderful. And yes, yeah, sometimes the life experiences, you know, you moving and being forced to live with very little kind of like prepare you into quarantine mode. So that's that's something to, um, you know, we really don't know why things happen to us and why things are going on in our lives. But then we realize and we say like, is that a coincidence? And really there is no such thing as coincidence. You know, it's like, divine timing divine guidance that we follow and well if we follow things go easier if we don't is when we find ourselves lamenting and everything else but in your case you're pretty much in tune so that's pretty cool that you are able to cope and adjust with what you have because you kind of like learn to do that so that's awesome yeah i'll share my fourth one i'll you're welcome uh, my my fourth one is my spiritual practice. You know, I've been in this um, journey of exploration for about 10 years. I spent a lot of time learning yoga, teaching yoga, learning energy, energy healing modalities, sound healing, massage therapy, holistic therapies. And now I I remember having a conversation with my brother, and he's a marketing major. I went to visit him. We're in Sarasota. I'm in his car. And he asked me, well, why are you learning all this stuff? And I just looked at him and I said, I don't know. I really don't know why. I just know that I have to. And of course, he's very um, materialistic, very driven. He looked at me like I had 10 heads. And, you know, he just like said, that doesn't make any sense, he said. And I laughed and I said, like, look, this is the way I operate in my life. And I feel this calling of doing all these things. And I don't have a business plan. I don't have it in mind. I don't have it yet. I just know that I need to continue. And that's pretty much what's been since even before we had the conversation. And now I see that all of those things that I learned have a purpose. They're serving me now. They're helping me stay grounded. They're helping me help other people. The people in my family mm-hmm. reach out and say, what can I do? What I can take? What tea? What herb? What tincture? What oil? And I'm like, okay, well, we can do that. Or you can try to do this stretch or you can try to massage yourself this way or let's try this meditation. So I'm like, wow, all of those things that I've been putting in my tool bucket, right? Putting all those mm-hmm. resources. Now I'm able to like dig them out. And say like, oh, wow, that was like so awesome that I was able to learn this. And it helps me with my dogs too. So really, my spiritual practice, it's becoming rich in terms of all of those things that I accumulated. And I'm very grateful for all the teachings. I'm very grateful for all the teachers that appear in my life. I made all that possible. I'm thankful for yoga. I've never done so much yoga in my life because now it's available. Mm -hmm. Everything is online. And I'm home and I'm doing it with my favorite teachers of the world. So I'm like, oh, this is amazing. So I am very thankful for them. I'm thankful for the practice and definitely for all the prayers, all the prayers that I learned since I was even in Catholic school, because even those prayers are in my bucket. They serve me connect with a certain people in my life. And that's what I do. When I say that I pray with my mom and my aunt, we actually pray the rosary. And that's okay, you know. I have another group of friends that I do Reiki. And I have another group of friends that I do sound healing. And I have another group of friends that I pull cards with, you know. And that's fine. 
but even my Christian, my Catholic roots are being embraced and they're growing deeper. So I am very, very, very happy. I never, I never thought in my life that I was going to be able to do that. It's not that like I'm blending anything, but those are parts of me. And I'm making peace with all of those parts. And I'm just really embracing them very, very closely to me right now. So that's, yeah. that's my number four. Yeah, it is. It's a very, it's very lucky that we're able to have these kinds of um, activities that we invested our time and money into like yoga and massage therapy, because imagine we didn't have those things. Like what would we be doing? We'd kind of be probably going nuts. We wouldn't have a way to calm ourselves and ground ourselves if we didn't have those tools. So we're very blessed that we got the opportunity to study all these modalities before this all happened, because I know it's for sure having a practice is helping me too. So very lucky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess I'll go with my fifth lesson, which is the last lesson. And I don't really think it's one I've learned yet, but I'm working on because it's just really hard for me. Um, and I'm not sure how I can learn this lesson, but I generally stay awake a few nights um, unable to go to sleep because I can't, I just can't stop. I can't go to sleep. I can't stop thinking about things. And usually I'm crying because I'm worried about everybody during this quarantine. But what really is on my mind is that I never realized how much suffering there is in the world. And because of the quarantine, there's been a lot of social media influencers posting pictures of, you know, all the other things that have happened, such as like, 8,000 kids that starve every day to death. And so I see these pictures of little babies and they're babies. They look like they're five years old. They're probably older because of how malnourished they are. And they're just basically all bone and they've got no muscle, no fat. Their eyes are just like, oh, it's devastating. And it's really looking at stuff like that puts my life into this huge perspective, but it also takes me out for like a day or two to the point where I don't know how to deal with this, you know, knowing that there's so many people out there suffering who have absolutely nothing, especially children, because they're the most vulnerable people in this planet. And I wish I could learn how to not basically let it affect me, but it's impossible because I want to save the world from suffering and I don't know how I'm going to learn the lesson that I can't. And I know I, I heard a woman talking the other day saying how she is, she knows she's not responsible for saving the entire world, but she can save a piece of the world. And I'm more determined now more than ever to like figure out how to do that, which is what I'm, which is what my, basically goals are is how to figure out how to help people because there's so many important problems in the world. Um, not just my own problems. And that is really something I don't know how to like learn from, you know, like that's a lesson I still haven't learned, but I thought I'd talk about it anyway, because, um, I'm sure other people are also thinking about this and it's not just me because this has been something that's kind of been all over social media, the suffering of other people in other countries. So I don't know what you think about that, but that is my last lesson. 
Um, well, when I think about hunger and starvation, they are problems that are not new to me or my experience because I come mm-hmm. from a third world country. So I grew up seeing children beg or sell uh, candy on the streets from all sizes and all types. In a way, it also desensitize you because you see them all the time. Mm-hmm. But it's a problem that's been there all the time. Right now that you, um, well, all of us get to be in quarantine, my thoughts are about those people that have to go to the streets and sell so that they can buy something to eat every day. And they don't have the opportunity to do that because they have to be home. Now, the questions are, they don't have homes and then they don't have food. They don't have anybody to sell their little candy products to. What happens to them? All right, they're not going to die from COVID, but hunger kills and kills a lot of people. So that's why I really want uh, my practice to be centered in terms of gratitude, because not everybody in the world have the opportunity to go on quarantine for a whole month and complain of boredom. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like so selfish. There is so many parts in the world that they don't have a shelter. They don't have shelter or food. So quarantine, it's a luxury. So definitely this is something that I thought about it and, you know, I, I pray. But there is also good things. There is a lot of people within the communities. There's a lot of people in towns like mine and in bigger cities that know of this problem and are reaching out to provide, you know, a, a food and any assistance to those people in most need. And the only thing that gets me to sleep every night is that I pray. So there is more people that have that um, compassion and have the ability to share whatever resources they have with other people. I am not in a position where I can share with the entire world, but I make sure that I share with my parents that uh, they're comfortable, that they're okay. I may not be able to save the world from starvation, but I check and make sure that my family are okay. You know, do you have enough food? Do you have these? And I think as communities, we can do that for each other because sometimes it may be your cousin, it may be your uncle or your aunt that don't feel comfortable enough or maybe their pride is on their way to say, oh shit, we don't have food in the house. So we really don't have to go to Africa anywhere to help we can do that just within our own family members so that is a really important topic if you know of somebody that's older you know an elder person that lives with themselves which i have one i check on her from time to time just to make sure hey do you have enough food do you want me to go shopping for you those are little things that we can do to bring hope to help a person in need and to Give ourselves peace, peace of mind that we did something. Yes, we're not Mother Teresa. We're not uh, able to reach out to hundreds or thousands of people. But the one or two people that you can, it can definitely change their world. So that is my contribution to your last one. And what I want to add, mine, it's my five lesson is that my relationship with thing is just getting clearer. The inner dialogue that I used to hear whenever I close my eyes used to be a little bit harsh, you know, 
like the things that I was doing weren't good enough or that I needed to try harder or what am I going to do next and the next goal and the next thing to achieve. But right now it's really more at peace. You know, whenever I close my eyes, the, uh, the conversation is, is kinder. I'm more aware of my thoughts, of my emotions and what's triggering me in terms of content, you know. If you are, or in my case, if I'm spending a lot of time in social media and start reading about all this stuff, I have to force myself to disconnect. And the other good resource that I have is that I have my fiance whenever I'm freaking out and I start crying. He knows that something's going on and he has the kindness and the time and the patience to say, like, what's going on? Tell me what you watch. Tell me what you read. And he's very, he's a very grounded person. He's, he's a Capricorn and he will always tells me, you know, he tells me every night, he tells me every time he sees me upset, don't waste energy worrying about something that didn't happen. And at the time that he tells me, I want to like smack him or something because it's not what I want to hear. But if I really sit with what he said. Do not waste any energy about something that didn't happen because I start thinking, what if this happened and my mom and my mom and my dad and my brother and da 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 da. And he's like, take a deep breath. Don't waste any energy in something that didn't happen. If it happens, we'll know what to do. And really just finding peace with that you know it's for me it's important to like really ground myself and disconnect there's times that i have to disconnect from social media from uh, television is not even an option i don't watch anything on the news because i'm very sensitive but i am really uh, more aware of my thoughts and my emotions because that's all I have right now. I'm in a household where all I have, it's me and the dogs, my fiance. My fiance is working most of the day. He works more than ever before because he's working from home. And the phone calls start from 7 a.m. and They don't end until like 7 p.m. sometimes. So really, I have enough time to be in silence, to spend a lot of quiet time. And I get to hear all of the things that come up and all those fears. So it's, it's, I'm very grateful for that spiritual practice that helped me release and let go and focus on the things that bring me peace, the things that I can do to contribute to the peace of the world. Because fear, anxiety, and worrying about the war problems is giving and feeding the energy to the shadow. And I want to bring more light. So my perspective is that what can I do to bring more light into this room that is very, very dark? So it's really pushing me and everybody to be the light. And be the light comes with a lot of work. That's what we call it a spiritual practice. That's what we call it a spiritual work. Because it's not easy. We have to like... More than ever, be aware of the fear, be aware of the troubles, be aware of all the things that are going on. And those areas of our particular mind, whether it's in your mind, whether they're your emotions, they need your mm-hmm. attention. Because if we continue to feed them, then we are losing the battle. You know, we're yeah. going to end it up 
I'm gonna end up quoting like a Star Wars, you know, and we have to we have to be one with the light. We have to. And that means that we need to look at the shadow. It doesn't mean like, oh no, positive thoughts or positivity that doesn't exist. It really forces us to look at the shadow and be friends with it. You want to be friends with it because you have to say like, okay, well, I know you well enough now that I won't let you control me. I won't give you that power to control me. Instead, I'm going to feed my body, my soul, my mind, my thoughts, something that can keep me aligned and at peace. So my relationship with Amy is getting stronger and I'm, I'm grateful for it. Not easy. Yeah. It's an everyday 24-7 work. But I'm, I'm determined to continue and move forward. And that's all I have. <laughs> I think I'm hearing five. I'm hearing a dog in the background doing some kind of snoring <laughs> sound. Oh, is it my dog? I just hear a dog, but it was it sounded like a little dog. I thought that was your dog. So no. disclaimer for everybody, for everybody <laughs> listening to this podcast. If you ever hear a snoring sound, that means that Shiva is in the room. Shiva is my almost 12-year-old pit bull. She's 12-year-olds and she has cushions. And because of the enlargement, she actually has a tumor, which I don't like to talk about it because, you know, I always tell her that she's healthier every day. Um, mm -hmm. but she snores, you know. It's just like her signature. Whenever she's in the room, she is snoring. And um, my fiancé <laughs> actually calls her uh, Darth Vader. You know, because she makes that oh. sound. And we just make fun of it. And uh, yeah. actually, she's getting stronger and better every day. But if you do hear her, I'm sorry about that. That's just Shiba in the room. Shiba the destroyer. She's the cutest. <laughs> she is the cutest pitbull in the world. And she's so sweet. I love her so much. And just want to say something really quick about your last one, which is um, that everything you said about being kinder to yourself, the most important thing to start with is just to become aware. I think awareness is the first step. So when you realize that you're saying something pretty negative to yourself, just become aware and really ask yourself if that's even true or not, because I do that all of the time. And the first step is awareness. Every time it's just like you were saying, it's a practice. And so catching yourself every time you're going into a negative tailspin or you're filling your mind up with worry, just take a deep breath, let it go and become aware of what you're doing to yourself. It's not helping you in any way, shape or form. And I think that that was really probably one of the most powerful lessons that you shared is your relationship within, because that's really what, I don't know. I think that's the, what matters the most because that affects everything else in your life. So I really love that. Thank you. And I'm going to quote Louise Hay, you know, the relationship with yourself is the one that's going to last for the rest of your life. So it's mm -hmm. worth spending time with it. You know, it's worth to like notice, notice how much love you have for yourself and the things you tell yourself. That relationship is the number one on your list to fix because there's a lot we can do and fix in that. I'm, I'm, I'm in yeah. there too. All right. And I think that sums it all, right? 
Yeah, that sounds this sounds like a good place to end our podcast number two. Yes. Well, thank you very much, everybody that's taking the time to listen. And hopefully we said something where you can relate and find something that help you help you. There is a message, a word that is going to make your day brighter. So definitely thank you. And perseverance is one of the cards that I have laying around on my uh, altar. And it's from the Ganesha deck. And really perseverance with your personal practice, with that relationship with yourself, with everything that we're doing in our lives right now. So just persevere that this too shall pass. Yes, and it will. And until next time, sending peace to everyone listening. Yes, peace profound to all.